The Raiders made a new addition to the coaching staff, and it was not Chad Johnson. That plus a whole lot more comes up on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, February 8th, 2024. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you around and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. As always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate that. Show is growing in a major way, and that's because of you, Raider Nation. So shout out to you. Shout out to my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day putting us up on YouTube, making sure we're looking good and we're sounding good. Check him out on Twitter at Ari Producers. You can always hit me up as well at your boy Q254. And of course, we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707. 707- 654-4693. We'll get back to your calls and texts coming up in segment number three of today's show. A lot of feedback when it comes to quarterbacks, when it comes to coaches, and a whole lot more. Plus, what's going on here? Radio Row, Media Center, Mandalay Bay. That's all segment number three. Segment number two, as promised, uh, former Raiders head coach Hugh Jackson joined me on Radio Row on a Wednesday. Had a really good conversation with him. I was anticipating having that conversation. I was told on Monday he was going to be on Radio Row, and he did show up on Wednesday. Caught up with him bright and early in the morning. So you'll hear that conversation coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I want to hit you with the news and notes of the day, as I always do, as we're more than halfway through the Super Bowl week, right? Leading up to Super Bowl 58 at Legion Stadium. Excited about the opportunity, as always. And like I said, we'll jump right into it after I tell you about the title sponsor of today's show, which is Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So starting off with the news and notes of the day, little coaching staff uh, uh, addition for the silver and black. And uh, this comes from Mike Garofalo from uh, the NFL Network. Said the Raiders are hiring former Jaguars defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell as the run game coordinator and linebackers coach. Caldwell had a bunch of suitors, including the Eagles, Bills, and Ravens. Heads to the Vegas to join head coach Antonio Pierce and defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. So there you go. Mike Caldwell added to the mix, and that's that's a good thing. I thought the Jaguars' defense played some really good ball, right? And so to be able to see, for the most part, and to be able to see uh, another addition like that added to the mix and added to the defensive side of things and the run game coordinator and linebackers coach, that's a big deal, right? I mean, and I see that Antonio Pierce is trying to put together the best staff possible, trying to put together as many sharp minds as possible, obviously reaching out to the people he knows and has connections with and people on his staff have connections with. So uh, that defense, they're not settling just with, okay, the defense is good, so we're just going to stick there. No, they're continuing to try to develop it, develop it, develop it, bring along some more sharp, you know, defensive-minded coaches and add them to the mix. So now Mike Caldwell is the run game coordinator and linebackers coach for the silver and black. So that's an interesting hire. Uh, I think it's a good hire, and we'll continue to see how everything's built. But something I talked about on my radio show on Wednesday is I really kind of appreciate the way that he's putting all this together. Now, it was funny because that's the addition to the coaching staff. There was an addition to the coaching staff that wasn't an addition to the coaching staff. Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, the guy that's blocked me on Twitter. I've said it many times. I still don't have any idea why he's blocked me on Twitter. He actually was walking around Radio Row on Wednesday, and I was trying to catch up with him because I wanted to ask him. Right? I wanted to ask him, like, hey, man, why did you block me on Twitter? But I also wanted to ask him about what he put out on Twitter early that day and out on social media. I think he put it on Instagram basically saying that he was going to be uh, one of the assistant coaches on 
Antonio Pierce's staff. And so everyone started reaching out to me and saying, Q, is this true? Is uh, Ocho Cinco really uh, going to be a coach for Antonio Pierce? And I had no idea. And I, I let it be known. Like, I have not heard that. Nobody's told me that. It doesn't sound like that's something that, you know, is, is even something that Chad Johnson wanted to do. But, you know, never you never know. Maybe. Uh, and, and then, of course, to make it worse, he had put out a picture of him and AP together. And so throughout the course of the day, I mean, I talked about it a few times, but I didn't want to go too far in, in detail because I just, again, didn't know if that was really something true or if that was just something that, you know, Ocho Cinco decided that he wanted to go ahead and put out there. So, I ran into Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, and I asked him about it, and he said he had reached out to Antonio Pierce, and he's and AP said um, that's false news. Uh, you know, eighty five is crazy. So that was that. So I was very satisfied with okay, that's not really happening. Then Paul saw Chad Ochocinco, just like I ended up seeing him, and he ran up to him and was like, "Hey, just wanted to uh, you know talk about what you put out there on social media to see if that's true." And it's so funny because I saw Chad put his arm around him and basically like walk with him really quickly. He was like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom, but come on, walk with me. And Paul said, hey, man, I'll walk with you to the bathroom. I'm not walking in the bathroom with you. But by the time they got to the bathroom, uh, Chad Johnson had let them know that, yeah, uh, I don't want to be a coach. I was actually an intern uh, coach under Hugh Jackson in Cleveland, and he said I lasted two days. Those coaches work way too many hours. That's not for me. I got way too many things in the fire. But Chad Johnson being Chad Johnson, uh, Ocho Cinco being Ocho Cinco, whatever you want to call him, uh, he is not being added to the Raiders coaching staff. He was just having a little bit of fun on social media. As a matter of fact, uh, Paul Gutierrez put out on Twitter, just caught up with Chad Johnson, and no, He's not joining the AP's Raiders staff. Just having fun on social media again. That was from Paul Gutierrez. So there you go. Anyone who wondered and thought that maybe he was uh, going to be added to the squad, added to the coaching staff, as there's so many different people added to the coaching staff, potentially Hugh Jackson, right, the guy that I had an opportunity to catch up with on a Wednesday on Radio Row. I do think that there's a role that Hugh Jackson is going to play on the coaching staff. I don't know what it is. He didn't tell me that there was when I talked to him, and you'll hear that conversation coming up in segment number two. But my gut feeling tells me, and I know that he is very, very interested in a coaching job and being a part of Antonio Pierce's staff. That's going to come up in segment number two. You'll hear our whole conversation. And I do, like I said, believe that he's going to be a part of the, the staff in some capacity. What is it? I don't know. But you'll hear the conversation I have with Hugh Jackson. You'll hear that coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we do that, though, let me tell you about our good friends at Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little bit further? Ever wonder what adventure could be right around the corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level, like the 2024 Nissan Rogue. It's perfect for city drives and great escapes. Classic exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. So gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Maps, Google Play Store, they're all built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is perfect mid-side crossover for your next adventure. You also could check out the 2024 Nissan Armada. That'll change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to 8 in first-class luxury and style. Tow bigger and explore, explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to jump into the conversation I had with former Raiders head coach Hugh Jackson. He's a guy that's been a subject of many conversations, been on a few podcasts lately, uh, talked about wanting to help the Raiders uh, anyway get back to where they're supposed to be. Of course, he has plenty of relationships with Marvin Lewis. Uh, He's very familiar with Antonio Pierce and amongst others uh, along the Raiders coaching staff. So I knew he was going to be on Radio Row. Wasn't sure exactly what time he was going to show up, but knew I was going to be ready to jump on the conversation when he arrived. And he arrived early on Wednesday. I caught up with him. Here's that conversation with former Raiders head coach, Hugh Jackson. We're back here on Radio Row, Super Bowl 58, Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Pleased to have here at the table, Coach Hugh Jackson. Coach, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? I'm doing great. Man, it's good to see you. It's been a minute. How's everything going as far as just being out here on Radio Row and just kind of mingling and meeting with everybody? Oh, no, it's awesome. Obviously, you know, some people wanted me to stop by and say hello, and I do that. Uh, people that's been very supportive of me, my career, and my life. So I think it's important to give back that way. It's great to be in Las Vegas, you know, amongst a lot of really good players, a lot of great coaches, and a lot of good friends. And so it's exciting. Anything we could do to keep you around in Las Vegas for a while, Coach? <laughs> well, you know, again, I, I think that will take care of itself as we go. Okay. Well, yes, I'll sir. tell you right now, as we're here on Raider Nation Radio 920, we have people that call in every day. It's like, man. <laughs> Coach, get, get a hold of Coach Q. You need to get a hold of Coach. And so I, I love to reach out to you and, and, and kind of get your feedback on everything. What have you seen from, you know, the silver and black? And obviously, you know Marvin Lewis. You have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. And you saw what Antonio Pierce was able to do. Well, I think it starts with, with Mark yeah. Davis first yeah. and foremost. I think what Mark has done uh, for the organization, with the organization this year, naming Antonio Pierce as a head coach was sensational. Right. Uh, just watching Antonio, I've known Antonio for over 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Just watching his ascend, you know, right through coaching and watching him become the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Man, what an unbelievable feeling, I'm sure, for him. But for me, someone who I knew, he played for the Redskins when I was there working. Yeah, yeah. And just watching his career, the guys won Super Bowls. And he has a way of connecting with players. Right. And just watching the team look different right. over his stand as head coach gives you an idea of where he's headed with this football team in the future. So with that being said, was there ever a time that surprised you that he wanted to be a coach at some point just because you know him so well? Right. No, uh, because he has that kind of mindset right right? he he's a leader among men and he knows how to get guys to follow him uh you just go back to him leading new york in the super bowl on defense yeah you know obviously michael strahan and all those guys but there's somebody else that had to play behind the line of scrimmage right to help make those calls and do those things and that was antonio and that's just what he's doing with the raiders right now coach hugh jackson is with us here on raider nation radio 920 you've been a head coach many times right you've done a really good job as a coach how difficult is it putting your staff together he's just starting to assemble his staff just got his offensive coordinator how, how difficult is that putting a staff together oh it can be tough you yeah. know because you don't always get everybody you want right you know the pieces have to fit right mm-hmm. right you have to give the right people the support they need because the most important thing you hire guys to do a job right and you want to make sure that they're you give them the right equipment to do the job mm-hmm. and I think that's what he's doing and sometimes that takes time right it doesn't happen overnight you go back you go forward you start over again yeah. all of that so I think he's done a great job thus far uh, he's really added some real nice talent you know to his uh, coaching staff I'm looking at Marvin Lewis you know keep keeping Patrick Graham yeah. you know and, yeah it was big and just bringing more energy like him mm-hmm. into the building I think that's so important 
You know, I always really respected you because I felt like you got the most out of your players, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's not easy to do. Like, we see guys that are called offensive gurus, mm -hmm. and then you see an offense that doesn't look very good. Mm -hmm. How was it that you were able to push the right buttons and get a Denarius Moore, a Rod Streeter, you know, uh, mm -hmm. those guys to be able to play at the highest level? I think the most important thing, and I think – you know, again, I'm going to keep bringing it back to AP because that's the most important thing that's going on right now. I think it's finding out what these players want. Okay. okay. You know, and asking them, what do you feel you're good at? Mm -hmm. And then crafting what you want to have happen around that. Because at the end of the day, it's not about the coach. Right, right. It's about the player. The coach creates the environment for mm -hmm. the player to be great. And right. so I think that's where it all starts. It's always been that way for me. Uh, that was instilled in me, you know, through Al Davis and through other stops that I had been in, that it was always about the player. Mm -hmm. You know, we can find all the coaches we want, right, right. but it's hard to find the right players. And so if you create the environment for the players, give them the things they need, and then let them be the best version of themselves, you're probably going to get something good out of it. I remember a time when you went to Darren McFadden and said, what plays do you like to run? Mm -hmm. Simple. Just what, what do you like to run, and I'm going to design it. And you did it. And he had a hell of a season. Yeah, you did. Well, so you do that because a player will own it, right? right? Yeah. So if, I, if a player says, I want to do X, yeah. and you go create X for him, he's probably going to give you everything he has yeah. because he knows this is what he wanted. Right, right. right. So I kind of take it off of me yeah. and put it back put it on, on the player. Him. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. but, but create the environment for him to do it at a high level. And that's why I think I think coaches are creators. They're leaders. Uh, they ha you have to listen more than you talk sometimes mm -hmm. just so you can understand what it is that they Want. Hugh Jackson is with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We're at Super Bowl 58, Mandalay Bay, Radio Row. Uh, Josh Jacobs said that, right? When, when Antonio took over as the interim coach, uh, Josh Jacobs said that he went to me and said, hey, you're the, you're the engine. You're, you're we're going to make this go. And he said, I had to own that. So that's going back to what you're saying. There it is. And, but, but it also goes to Antonio, yeah, right? Yeah, understanding he, that. Because he knew as a player mm -hmm. he wanted to do the things that made him successful. See, I really think there's a niche for guys who have experienced it, right? you know, at the highest levels, playing in the National Football League. I'll be the first to tell you, I don't think every guy that's played can go be a really good head coach. Mm -hmm. I've been around a lot of them. Right. I don't think, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. But if a guy really understands, and I think Antonio does, that it's really about the player. Yeah. You know, and so these guys get labeled as players, coaches, and all that. That's not what it is. They know how to connect. Right. Call them connectors. Yeah. They know how to connect things and connect dots in order to make things happen. Coach Hugh Jackson is with us, and I want to take you back to uh, the day after Al passed. Mm -hmm. Guys are playing the Houston Texans win that game with 10 guys on the field. <laughs> Hugh takes a knee. Mm -hmm. What was going through your mind at that time? I just, I can't, you know, ever have a moment in time where I think I worked for one of the most iconic owners yeah. in pro football uh, who was so near and dear to so many people, so many players mm -hmm. um, who had a family. You know, that's Mark's dad yeah. who built an unbelievable legacy. And for him to bestow the opportunity for me to be his head coach and his final head coach was very uh, emotional for me. Yeah. And then to win the game. And then, you know, I won't go through it, just the conversations me and him had. Yeah. And I just remember something he always said to me, we were winning in the end. And that was the end. Right. And we won it in the end. Yeah. And so I can never forget that. And 
that probably, that was what was running through me at that time. It's just that he kind of predicted this. Yeah. He told me, he said, Hugh will win it in the end. And that's exactly what happened. How proud would he be today to have this organization in Vegas, have this stadium, have the Super Bowl here? Probably wouldn't be happy with the Chiefs and Niners playing in it, but still. You <laughs> he know. wants the Raiders playing in everyone, <laughs> exactly. just like Mark does Exactly today. right. But how proud would he be today? No, he would be very proud. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he would be, you know, obviously – Things change, right? And and you just see what's been created here. You yeah. know, I again, I give so much credit to Mark uh, with what he's done. The facility over there is second to none. I mean, what they've created um, there for the players, for people who work in the building, is just spectacular. Now I think it's time for them to go do with AP and go hoist this trophy a year from now and go win a Super Bowl. What does that Raider way mean to you? Because it means a lot to AP. He's shown that November 1st when he came in. I think uh, he said it best. It's uh, pride and poise, uh, determination, uh, the grit that it takes. You know, he's, he's well-versed in that, you right. know, because we're from Southern California. It's what we knew. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, when you thought of football, you thought of the Raiders, mm -hmm. you know, and you or the Rams, whatever that was. But we were all we brought up that way, and so it was always autumn wind. It was always yeah. uh, poured and pride, yeah, yeah. And, and that's just what it was about. I can see the pride on your face when, oh, you, you know, how proud you are just talking oh, about it. It's amazing. <laughs> well, it will always – it's like home for yeah, me, right? Yeah. I mean, when you – go away from someplace and been away and you watch it from afar right um just to watch how it's evolved mm -hmm. right over the years the brand is the brand is is spectacular it right. will stand on its own but i watched a lot of good football towards the end of the year mm -hmm. i watched a team that played hungry and with grit and with toughness and with determination and that stemmed from the head coach. Right. That stemmed from AP. And that's who he is. And I truly believe that's what he's going to be. And I think he's going to bring a lot of wins. Coach Hugh Jackson is with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Coach, I'm from the Bay. And then I went to Texas. And I was in Texas for a long time. And now I'm here in Vegas. So I'm almost home. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like we have a similar kind of a past, right? I understand what you mean. You know, Absolutely. you go away from home and you come back. It mm -hmm. feels special when you're back, right? No, it does. It does, you know, because people welcome you back with open arms, right? right? And so you're one of their own. And that's uh, I think there's nothing like that. And just like you, you would want to contribute and help any way you can right. uh, to make sure that they become what you know they should become. I just know this organization means so much to you. I reach mm -hmm. out to you and like, hey, Coach, can you come on and talk about Al? And you're like, anything for Al. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yes, sir. I, I really love it. Well, Coach, uh, we'll wrap up here. Um, if there's anything we could do to help you stay here, <laughs> I, we'd like to stay. Raider Nation would love to keep you here. I'm well, just saying. first of all, I, am, uh, <laughs> I have a love for Raider Nation. I remember those great days in the parking lots after games, yeah. during games, and just just the love that I felt. And I see they're doing the same thing with AP, and so and he's connected with the fans as well. And I think that's what you have to do. You have to be a part of them. Mm -hmm. You know, we never. I wasn't one that lived way out someplace else. I was in the middle of the heart of Jack London Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people can be a part of you. They want to know who you are. Right. And so you can ask for more when they know who you are. And I think AP's the same way, and I think he's going to bring that same energy. And I'm just looking for great things to happen. Now, if for some reason someone calls me and say, hey, Hugh, we'd love to have you help, I'll run in a minute. Okay, I'll grab my phone right now, Coach. <laughs> All right, here I go. I'm on my phone. I'm calling you. That's me calling right now. <laughs>
<laughs> well, Coach, it's, it's awesome. Uh, you've always been so accessible. You've always been easy to reach out to, mm. and you've always reached back. So I always appreciate that about you. You've been genuine, right? And like I said, Raider Nation definitely loves you. And, of course, we're going to always support you, whatever you're doing, whether it's here or anywhere else. But we definitely appreciate you. Thank you. appreciate you. So that was my conversation right there with Hugh Jackson. And you see I tried a couple times to uh, get him to, to say that he was going to stick around here in Vegas with the Raiders and say he was going to be a part of the coaching staff with the Raiders and uh, no dice. He wasn't able to, to give me any kind of information, but he did say, and you heard it at the end, you know, Hey, if they, you know, they want my help, they could pick up the phone and give me a call and say, hey, Hugh, we'd like to keep you around and he'd be glad to stay around. So I'm just saying gut feeling tells me he's going to be with the silver and black. I don't know when that's going to be announced, if that's going to be announced anytime soon, but I do think it's right around the corner. What's on your mind? Your calls and texts, segment number three is coming up, 707-654-4693. We'll do it next here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of quarter one, 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of the first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker-dealer. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts draft that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Start off with a text from Raider Rob in Houston. He said, Raider, he said, hey, Q, I heard that Telesco doesn't trade up in the drafts. Any truth to that? Want to try as hard as possible to get Daniels, even though our last quarterback drafted from LSU didn't work well. Also heard Saints are unofficially hiring Kubiak. How is that possible if he's still playing? Go Raiders. That's from Raider Robin Houston. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they could plan to hire him, but they have to wait until after the Super Bowl. Uh, the Raiders, they couldn't even talk to him because they hadn't initiated any kind of contact when they had the opportunity. They didn't do it, so they had to wait. The Raiders decided to move on. Luke Getzey is the guy. As far as Telesco goes, he does trade up. He doesn't trade back. Or at least he doesn't have the history of trading back. So you might see him trade up. You probably will see him trade up. I know that Antonio Pierce wants to get a quarterback. He doesn't want any more Band-Aids. He wants to get his guy. The question is, who's that guy going to be and how much is it going to go cost to get him if, in fact, they do want to get up to the top and get one of those top quarterbacks. But thanks so much for the text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Roger Smith. He's calling with a real quick thought on a quarterback that nobody's mentioned before. Here he is, Roger, longtime Raider fan. Hey, Q. Uh, Roger Smith here, uh, Raider fan. Just want to get your thoughts uh, on taking a chance on drafting Jordan Travis from Florida State for the Raiders. Uh, I think it's a far reach, but depending on where he falls between rounds two and three, take a chance on him. Uh, I think he has something to prove, and I think he would fit the Raiders perfectly. Thanks a lot. Peace. Thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Jordan Travis from Florida State, right? His season ended with that lower leg injury. Uh, he'd be someone I could see the Raiders or any other team 
you know, definitely taking a look at, you know, and taking a chance on a lower, uh, you know, a lower round draft pick if he checks out at the combine. I think the biggest thing for Jordan Travis, we know he's a hell of a quarterback. We know he's a hell of an athlete. He's got to be able to check out the medicals, right? That's going to have to, uh, you know, be tested at the combine and see if he has come along as far as uh, everyone would like him to. If so, like I said, I can see the Raiders making a move and, and checking him out. I can see plenty of other teams making a move and checking him out. But, Roger, thanks so much for that call. I definitely appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Miller and Chico. It's his great breakdown of new Raiders OC Getzey last episode. Makes me way more excited to have him versus Kingsbury. What I heard is that Getzey will adjust his offense to cater to the players. Your guest said they ran the West Coast, which quick processor Rogers uh, with quick quick processor Rogers, then ran more of the long ball play action game with the young gun love. To have the humility to adjust is what it's all about. Overall, I feel confident with the staff and hire so far. Would love to hear a further breakdown of rookie quarterbacks in the mid-first round range like Penix, Knicks, McCarthy, uh, with our new OC factored in. And while you're at it, do some pro comps on all these players. I know it's not fair, but it's fun. I'll go first. Bo Nix is a season. Alex Smith, Miller from Chico. Thanks so much for the text. I do appreciate you. And that's why I brought on Peter Bukowski to talk about Luke Getze because, again, he did spend that time there in Green Bay and had a lot of success. But, again, he had a lot of success with Aaron Rodgers. Right. So he goes to Chicago and he's a first time play caller and it didn't work out so well. A lot of that probably is a product of Chicago. A lot of that is probably a product of Justin Fields not being a polished quarterback and also him being a first time play caller. So uh, he has spent a couple seasons there in Chicago. I'm sure he probably learned a little something, something. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what it looks like. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, factors that go into uh, Luke Getze and what he brings to the table. But we'll start to see what it looks like. As far as the rookie quarterbacks, I'll definitely do a breakdown. I'll definitely have people on the show talking about these guys that covered them a lot better than I did, right? I mean, I saw them from a distance, but I like guys that, uh, you know, talk to these guys and see them up close and personal, kind of see what makes them tick and makes them go. So we'll have that, plenty of that, throughout the course of the offseason here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Uh, Miller, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Raider Meatloaf. He's calling to talk about the quarterback position and brings up a name Raider Nation is very familiar with. Here he is, Raider Meatloaf. What's up, Q? It's uh, Raider Meatloaf here. Hope your day's going good. Um, heard you talking on the, uh, the show yesterday and you're talking to somebody saying that, um, you know, Luke Getze would ex- excel with a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be a fan of signing Kirk Cousins, but then I'm like, what about Derek Carr? You know, like, and I think it's just crazy and just crazy to me how we moved on from Derek Carr. And, you know, now we're at this point where um, he would have been at the end of his contract um, and we would have had to reevaluate it again. But, uh, you know, to me, Kirk Cousins is a Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a poor man's Kirk Cousins. You could go either way. But, um, you know, it's crazy, man. All right, take care. Meatloaf, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. And at some point, we're just going to have to let that ship sail. Right? The last staff moved on from Derek Carr. Uh, we've got to move on as well. And I know that you're not necessarily bringing them up to bring them back and say bring them back, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's just – it is what it is, right? The Raiders needed us uh, uh, to move on. He needed to move on. I think it was getting toxic for him, and Raider Nation was getting a, a big divide uh, with him, and I just don't think it was fair to either party. I think a split was good, right? And, you know, he's in New Orleans. He's trying to figure things out. They didn't make the playoffs. The Raiders didn't make the playoffs. So – uh, both teams are obviously not where they want to be, and they have a lot of work to do. So the Raiders got to find their next, not look back at their ex. But thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Raider Nick. 
What up, Q? Why would Mark Davis put the Raiders in such an embarrassing position? One, hosting your division rival all week long, and two, guaranteeing that at least one of your most hated rivals will be celebrating a Super Bowl in your stadium and locker rooms. We all knew this is what was going to happen this season. That's from Raider Nick. Nick, thanks for the text. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, Mark Davis didn't say, hey, Chiefs, hey, 49ers, come to Vegas and play for the Super Bowl in our stadium. Hey, Chiefs, come to my facility and practice. Hey, Chiefs, be in the Raiders locker room. Like, he didn't do that. I, I, I don't understand. Maybe you're trying to, you know, say something that I, I'm not. Maybe it's, you know, just late and I don't understand. Maybe I'm delirious. No, actually, I know I'm delirious, but that's not the point. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. that He didn't have any choice. The Chiefs earned their way to the Super Bowl. The Niners earned their way to the Super Bowl. It happens to be played in Vegas this year. It's not like he all of a sudden jumped up and said, hey, come here and play. Yeah, y'all earned your way to the Super Bowl. Come play in Vegas. Like, it was already determined. Just like next year it's in New Orleans, right? And the year after that it's back in Santa Clara. So I, I, don't, I don't quite know exactly what you're talking about or what the question is. And the Chiefs, you know, the AFC team is, is the home team this year. So they're in the home locker room and home practice facility, which happens to be the Raiders. It just sucks that it's the Chiefs and the Niners. I mean, that's really all that it boils down to. It sucks that both those teams earned their way to Super Bowl 58. But thanks so much for the text. I do appreciate you. If I miss something, please hit me hit me back and let me know because, I, I'm like I said, I am delirious. So maybe I just don't know what you mean by that. But thanks so much again, like I said, for the text. It's always great. Up next, got a call from Marcus Stabler. He's calling to talk about the comments on Jane Daniels and Justin Fields that were made on Wednesday's show. Here he is, Marcus Stabler. Hey, Q, this is Marcus Stabler, uh, currently on my commute to Coachella, California, and I'm listening to your show. I start my day, my morning uh, every day. Um, I do want to push back a little bit on what Big Drew uh, has to say and your, your, your comments as well, Q. He, he makes some good, good points, as do you. But there's a couple things I think we're missing. Uh, when we start to compare Jane Daniels versus a guy over there at Chicago, um, Fields, the, the two things that we're missing in the conversation is we're missing vision and we're missing anticipation. When you watch Justin Fields, he's often uh, missing wide open receivers right in front of him. Um, and it looks like he takes his eyes down uh, and looks at the rush. So he, he decides to put his head down and takes off running, and he's got receivers breaking open. Um, I'm going to call that vision. Uh, the other thing that we're not seeing is we don't see the anticipation. you got to remember, these guys are running through these, these routes and these, these, uh, these plays repetitive day after day in practice, yet Justin Fields does not anticipate very well uh, his receivers breaking open. Um, just as guys are coming open again, he's got his head down looking at the rush, and he takes off. So, yeah, we can, we can compare athletic guys. We can compare guys that have functional mobility. We can compare guys that scramble well. But if they don't have vision and they lack anticipation, then we got problems. Um, I think Daniels, uh, to me, uh, checks all the boxes. Um, I don't know what he has between the ears. And when I mean between the ears, we're talking about, uh, uh, in my mind, vision and anticipation. But I, from watching film on both these guys, um, I just don't see the, 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 the comparison being uh, quite that perfect. So I say the Raiders get who you want, bring in a veteran, and uh, rock with the rest of the veteran for a couple of years. Let your young guy go in two to three years, and let's rock. 
Thanks, Q. Once again, this is Marcus Faber. Um, I'll talk to you again. I love the show. Hey, thanks for the call, Marcus. I appreciate you. And I understand completely what you're saying. Look, I think Daniels is a much better quarterback than Justin Fields. As many people know who's listened to this show for a while, I am not on the Justin Fields uh, you know, I'm not like pounding the table and saying, go trade for Justin Fields. I'm not. Now, I do realize that, you know, maybe that's an option. Now, with Luke Getzey in the mix, I don't believe it's an option. I think the point that I was trying to be made is just the styles of quarterback of Jaden Daniels and Justin Fields are similar. And where Luke Getzey has had success is with, you know, a guy like Aaron Rodgers and probably a guy that's more closer to Kirk Cousins than he is, you know, a, a Justin Fields or, or Jaden Daniels. I think that was the point that was trying to be made. And that's kind of what, you know, Peter Bukowski alluded to when he was talking about the different quarterbacks that he thought could fit in a, a Luke Getze system. And, you know, he did bring up Michael Penix, did talk about, you know, J.J. McCarthy. So uh, there's guys like that, but didn't really, you know, go and in, in deep dive into, you know, Jaden Daniels. I think that was the main point. But uh, you, you're right. They're totally two different quarterbacks because Jaden Daniels, in my opinion, is much better than Justin Fields. Thanks so much for that. I do appreciate you. I got time for a couple more. This is a text from John in the South Bay, L.A. He says, hey, Q, you're grinding. Great stuff from Multimedia Row or whatever it's called. When's DoorDash going to hook you up with some free meals? Anyway, this hurts me to say this, but bear with me. If Getsy is more from the Shanahan-McCarthy tree, does that leave open the possibility that we keep Jimmy G? If you think about it, Jimmy G ran Josh McDaniels' system the way that Josh McDaniels wanted it run. So did Derek Carr, Brian Hoyer, and Aiden O'Connell. We all saw how that turned out. McDaniels got fired and all these quarterbacks, the results were straight trash. Jimmy G is a bridge quarterback that we still need. He's a good fit for the West Coast, gets the offense. He'll be healthy. We have him under contract. And as far as we know, he was a great teammate handling his demotion with class and helping O'Connell in whatever he could do. No need to go out and grab some other bridge guy or take any sort of cap hit by releasing Jimmy G. Then we go draft a quarterback, then win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G, just playing on that one. Thoughts? That's from John from the South Bay in L.A. And you know I had Paul Gutierrez when he sat down with me at my uh, on my show on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, live from uh, Radio Row. He mentioned that too, and he's like, I know Raider Nation is not going to want to hear that, but what if Jimmy fits in what, what gets he wants to do? And that's a decision that, that has to be made, right? Because, uh, again, he's owed about, what, $28 million that I'm expecting to see as a you know, release, if they do release him, be split up amongst a couple years. But, uh, yeah, that'll be, a, that'll be a big cap hit. I'm not, it's not necessarily the exact salary, but that'll be the big cap hit that he has if he does get released. So he's going to be healthy, or he, he should be healthy after sitting out the last, you know, 10 weeks of the season. So that's a possibility. I just don't know if that's exactly what the Raiders want to do. But, again, that's a decision that's got to be made in conversation between Getze, AP, uh, and the rest of the staff and what direction they want to go. But I guess there's a chance that maybe Jimmy G is a guy that he might want to keep around for the reasons that we talked about earlier, just the style of quarterback that he is. We'll close out with a call from Army Raider. He's calling to talk about the thoughts that Peter Bukowski had on J.J. McCarthy as a potential next quarterback of the Silver and Black. Hey, Q. It's your boy, Army Raider more positive call this time. Um, it's funny, listening to your interview yesterday on the, the podcast, or today, yesterday will be when we listen to it, um, and he was talking about J.J. McCarthy. And as someone who knows him and his family, uh, through my connection with Michigan, he is absolutely what the Raiders, yourself, and a lot of the fans have been calling for. I know you're going to get some of the people that are like, oh, hey, you know, he didn't have these big eye-popping numbers. And it's like, yeah, he also wasn't asked to. But when he was, he made every big throw he needed to make to win. Um, he could make plays with his legs. The guys in the building considered him one of the pseudo-captains as a 
freshman, you just can't be voted a captain of Michigan until you're a senior. But he was considered a pseudo-captain the three years he was there. And he's just a natural-born leader. The kid just knows how to win. I mean, he won a national championship. And he can make plays with the arms and legs. I think that is absolutely the right choice to make a quarterback. And, you know, if it takes him a year to sit and learn, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But you never know with that kid. I wouldn't count him out as he needs a year to sit and learn. Because his processing and learning ability is absolutely next level. Um, talking to one of the offensive coaches at Michigan, they said they, they taught him a thing Monday, and he was expert at it by Thursday. So just thought I'd give my two cents on J.J. McCarthy and selfishly as a Michigan donor and, you know, Raiders diehard, it would be a dream come true and the best day of my life since Charles Woodson was drafted. Anyways, it's Army Raider out. Army Raider, thanks again for your call. Thanks so much for your service as always. And that's a great breakdown. You know, it's always great to have some extra intel from someone who's closer to the program, someone who's closer to the player. And that's why I was talking about earlier with the different quarterbacks that are uh, available in this upcoming draft that I was going to reach out and find out and, and get some information for people that are much closer to them and cl- much closer to the products and the, the programs that they, uh, that they played in just to get really the, you know, the, 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 all the information that we need to make uh, you know, better, better judgments, better thoughts on uh, what quarterback would fit better with the Raiders and obviously with Luke Getze as the offensive coordinator. So uh, good stuff, good breakdown. And J.J. McCarthy is a guy that, you know, uh, was brought up early from Peter Bukowski. I believe that was the first quarterback he mentioned when I talked to him uh, that was on Wednesday's Lockdown Raiders podcast show. I talked to him on Tuesday on Radio Row. So Army Raider, thanks again for the call, man. It's always great to hear from you. That's all I got time for on today's show. Uh, of course, we'll have a big day on Thursday. Uh, hear from uh, Radio Row, as you can tell if you're watching on YouTube, it's an empty room right now, but it will not be as, man, it was a packed house on Wednesday. I expected to be a super packed house on Thursday. And then, you know, Friday, about halfway through the day, it'll be packed and then it'll start to, you know, thin out as well. But, man, I'm expecting uh, the rest of today to be super, super busy. So I'm sure I'll have some good stuff to bring to the table coming up on Friday's show as we get ready to close out the week really, really strong. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.